1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexander Stevenson, and I'm here with my co-host, Oog LeVedier, or as I like to call him, Oogie. Welcome, Oogie.
0: Hey, what's going on, Alexandra? How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Oogie, but I'm very excited to announce that you're episode number one of your tv series tennis academy has premiered in quebec and also on youtube so give me some details about it
0: pretty awesome i mean i'm really happy to you know say that because i've been working on that project for uh almost six years now because you know before COVID, i started to invent a show for a a little magazine about tennis for 30 minutes you know there's a lot of uh, no not a great tennis on TV of course, but it's all pro matches pretty much. So you see the best players in the world play, but then, you know, match point and all those series on Netflix open up a lot of areas that there's a lot more to tennis than just what we see on TV. Behind so
1: behind the scenes of the tennis tour.
0: Exactly. So now uh the eye of a coach or a young player, you know, progressive tennis, all those foam balls, small nets, small rackets. What's going on with that? Just so I wanted to show a lot of that information on T V and uh yeah, it was pretty cool on Last Wednesday for 30 minutes, a little tennis academy. Uh, one of those 12 weeks is gonna be, uh, you know, 12 weeks is gonna be great, then upcoming. And, uh, you yeah, know, I'm gonna put some subtitles in English for you guys so you guys can understand what I'm saying because it's all French now.
1: <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, I'm gonna work on my French, but I'm very excited you're putting it in subtitles for the hearing impaired and us English people that don't understand total French. Mm-hmm. I'm so impressed that you pitched this. And it it takes a long time to get a show going. And just I know all the hard work you put into it, and I'm very proud of you. And it's also exciting to understand what the process is when you run an academy as a coach. I mean, you've had this academy, Oogie, for 25 years.
0: Mm It's very
1: impressive. You've kept it going through everything and just seeing how you manage the place, how you run it, how you get the kids from the time they're five all the way to 35, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or into college all the way up up to maybe 85. You got some old timers too. So can't wait to watch it. It's called Tennis Academy. So check it out. If you are in Quebec, look it up on TeleMag. And Mm -hmm. if you're not, we're going to wait for it on YouTube.
0: That's right. A lot of good reviews. I mean, there's already uh, 400 views on YouTube. Uh, so it's it's in French, but I uh, see the image, images are really nice. There's a little drone coming at first, so super cool. I mean, Guillaume, the guy who uh, brought it together, is just uh, all amazing. So I got this great team. So can't wait to you know show it to you, and uh, you're part of it as, uh, as well. Uh, but the first segment is like I have to introduce myself, so I speak about my career, what I've done a little bit, and of course I couldn't I couldn't couldn't help it I, I talked about you a little bit and <laughs> he was able to get some clips of when you beat jennifer capriotti in austria so you're booming as an ace and we almost see I me and, and samantha in the in the stand so that was pretty cool there
1: i love it all right yeah. well can't wait to check it out oogie all right so we got to get into a bit of what happened last week actually a bit it was a lot of what happened okay yeah. lots of tournaments going on we're building up to indian wells but we got to talk about the Coco Goff situation last week at the Dubai Tennis Championships.
0: Yeah, you were okay. upset about that. I mean, you I wrote so me upset. and everything. I'm I was like, I texted Whoa. you. All
1: yeah. right, it was 2-6, and Coco was serving at 4-2. So she lost the first set 6-2. Who she was, was playing? up 4-2 against Karolina Pliskova. Okay, okay, so big, big match. Big server, big yeah. match, right? Yeah. Okay, so Coco served. She was up 4-2. She hit a serve. Pliskova returned it into the net. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the umpire called the ball out. Hmm, interesting. Okay, but you know when I played, we didn't have shot spot and replay, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you had to immediately go to the umpire and argue the call. Mm-hmm. And usually you never won, right? Actually, yeah. I would say most likely you never won. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, so now the players have shot spot and they're able to replay. The shot and it shows exactly where it lands well coco mm. asked for a replay okay guess what the ball was in
0: yeah obviously because i mean nobody called anything so yeah. there, uh, for sure the yeah. um, main umpire the was umpire
1: wrong <laughs> did a late call right and no, yeah. none of the linesmen called anything none of the electronic lines uh, i don't think that was in play in dubai which is mm. another point we can talk about okay mm. so the umpire called a late call they replayed it the ball was in Pliskova mm. had already hit in the net, so basically that's Coco's point, correct? For sure,
0: for sure, yeah.
1: Okay, every tennis player knows that. Every umpire should know that. Every fan certainly knew that. Okay, this this got five million views the first day, Oogie. Okay, Whoa. so Coco goes over, and the umpire whose name is Pierre Bocchi—I've never had him in my chair when I played—he mm. said, "We're going to replay the point." And, and Coco was like, no, I won the point. And he said, no, we're replaying the point. And so she went again and said, it's my point. And he said, no. And I basically, I was re listening to it on tape and and on the internet. And he just kept arguing with her. And at one point, Coco said, could you let me speak? Cause he kept, like, I'm speaking right now, he kept interrupting, which we yeah. interrupt each other on this podcast, but he was, like, forcefully interrupting it. And at some point, he said that he made the call, but that it hindered Plishkova making the shot, which doesn't make any sense, because if he made the call late and she already hit the return in the net, that is not a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Now, Ugi, a hindrance is... If there's a, the opponent makes a sound like yells during the point, or a hat falls off, mm-hmm. or your shoe falls off, that's a hindrance, or somebody yeah. in the crowd, or a ball lands. On the court from another court. That's like, a hindrance, like, right? Like
0: Medvedev playing public last year when uh, he said sorry during the point because he thought he yes. hit him, but then public came, you know, got the lob back. And then so the exactly. umpire said hindrance, so said hindrance right? Hindrance,
1: right? Mm-hmm. You're hindering the point. Well, calling a ball out as a late call after you already hit a return, that is not a hindrance.
0: That point is over. So no. The point's over, right? <laughs>
1: okay. And then if you replay it, the serve lands in. That's her point because Plishkova had no shot on it. It was in mm-hmm. the net. It yeah, wasn't yeah. even out by a line. It was in the net, right? Mm-hmm. No play on the point. Yeah, she missed well, the
0: return. So
1: Pierre Bocci kept arguing with Coco and would not actually he wasn't even arguing. He was just being so insolent mm-hmm. and talking down at her and refusing to listen to her process of what she was explaining.
0: Right. There was felt- no dialogue there because she kept yeah. I mean, she said like about three times, uh, can you interrupt not interrupt me for two seconds? She said yes. that like three or four times. So I'm like, three I was shocked. Times. I was like, come on, dude, get the hint.
1: Exactly. And in the beginning, you could tell she was heated. And then all of a sudden, she's like, wait a minute, the guy keeps interrupting her. Okay. So when I first saw this, I was like, okay, this is a lot. Like, and it gives you a headache because. As a player, you really understand in that emotional state, right? You're down mm-hmm. a set, you're up 4 2. 4 2 is a pivotal time in a mm-hmm. second set when you've lost the first oh, yeah, on your sure. serve. It can either be 5 2 or 4 3. She needs to be up 5 2, right?
0: Yeah, it's a big game.
1: It's a big game. So you've got your emotions going already. Then this guy in a chair who, I, look, I love most umpires, I'm thankful for them. There's a couple I've had issues with. I've never been in this kind of issue. And I've seen what happened to Serena at the U.S. Open with that umpire. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of brought me back to that. And I went, okay, this is interesting. Okay, we're also on the women's tour here, right? So this is not a man talking to a man. Mm -hmm. This is a young woman talking to an older white man. And I'm Mm going to bring in the color now. Okay, young black woman talking to an older white man. Not a good look.
0: Yeah, right? it's not an ideal situation there. Not could have been ideal. A, a women's referee could have been much better, but yes. Yeah.
1: But then, okay, take the color out of it. It's still an older man mm-hmm. talking down to a younger woman. Okay. So you've got two different looks at it. And mm-hmm. then you have Coco standing up for herself and saying, Could yeah. I please speak without you interrupting me? Okay. Then the tide changes and you're like okay, this umpire is being really chauvinist and he's talking down to her and not letting her finish her thought. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to get her thought across and he's just not listening. And he's also not standing down for that he was wrong. And is he now lying or does he really believe that he hindered the point? And then he won't even bring out a supervisor. That's yeah. another point.
0: What's going on there? How come how come he never... Led the supervisor because she asked for it like five times at least. And at least he didn't even five times she consider. asked. For the,
1: okay, so as a player, you have the right to always ask for a supervisor, right? Yeah. The supervisors come out at grand slams more than they do on the tour. Look, on the tour, they come out during uh, medical timeouts, mm-hmm. a serious injury, a retirement. You'll see the trainer with the tour supervisor
0: because mm-hmm. they're
1: supervising the time and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've asked for a tour supervisor only once in my career, and it was when I was called the N word, and that was a serious situation. Jesus. <laughs> yes, Where was that? Which, which, co- was in, which country was, was that? It was in America, Oogie. What? It was in an indoor no. tournament, yes. And the umpire um, said that I was incorrect. And I said, Excuse me, I heard it. And not only Come that, on. I was called it, I was also called another word in a different language uh, that wasn't very nice. That's okay, terrible. actually, that's happened to me twice. Once in the south at the tournament, I got called the N-word. And once indoors, I got called the N-word. And both times, the umpires did not stand up for me. And I called the supervisor. Okay, so for that's sure. a serious incident, right? Now, but I'm going to say this. I'm
0: glad you say that because that means, that means the referees are, I mean, they need to think about like, okay, what's going on? Could, could get, let's get those ethics up a little bit more because there's yeah, no exactly. way that... I heard but that. I'm
1: going to say this. This is not on the WTA tour. That never happened to me on the WTA tour. It happened to me on the Challenger tour oh, okay. on the ITF slash USTA circuits mm-hmm. where it's the Wild West. The girls are out for killing. And I say that literally, you know, it's eat or be eaten, right? It's the for Challengers. It's rough. Is- You've seen mm-hmm. it. I've seen it. Most people don't see it. So it was a totally different situation. This was a... Big tournament. It was in Dubai. It was under the WTA. The umpire had no. Just first of all, he should have just said, "Okay, here is the rule. I made the call and I felt it hindered Mm Pliskova. And then Coco can say, that's not correct. I'd like the supervisor. All right. So where was the supervisor in all this? Instead of arguing for five minutes, why didn't the supervisor come out and try to take the heat out of the moment right mm-hmm. And Did we, be find the third person. Did we find out third person we find out i found out who the supervisor was Ugi. the supervisor was donna kelso who i've known for probably 24 years since she's been i've there started she's been on there for the a while <laughs> she's been there for a long time she has done 110 grand slams as the supervisor so she is very well ber- versed in all this stuff she was not far because mostly supervisors offices are right outside the stadium yeah, or right inside the stadium in the tunnel or she was hanging out by the tunnel watching all this Mm -hmm. now the question is oogie and i know donna she's a lovely lady she's you know everybody makes mistakes nobody's perfect Hmm. but why the heck did she not walk out on that court should have been there make the optics look better because first of all you got an old older i won't say mm-hmm. old older white french see french i think it was french mm.
0: yeah could be Bocci could won't be italian it yeah. you gotta
1: check that out okay but i'm just gonna say older white guy talking mm-hmm. down literally talking down because he's in an umpire's chair yeah. to a young african-american superstar hello, if you're the WT Tour and you want good optics, wouldn't you take the flames out of this right away? You run on the fire. Court. You Donna, run on that court. She's got to be Especially, running. Especially, <laughs> Coco Gauff was named one of Time Magazine's Woman, Women of the Year. She just got named that. So yeah. this is Coco Gauff. She's right now the biggest thing in women's tennis. Maybe tennis, okay, Djokovic, yes, but what she did at the U.S. Open if you talk to people in America on the street, I'm going to say on the street, they're mm-hmm. starting to know Coco Goff.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. She's huge. Come on. Yeah.
1: So what the heck? How did this even get out of hand? First of all, that's a bad thing. So Donna Kelso needs to be like they need to sit in a meeting and be like, what do we do? This this is not a good look, especially hey. now with electronic line calls, A.I., everything's, mm. you're they're trying to the supervisors and the umpires they that's their job right yeah. they don't want to be obsolete they don't want to have to go away players you you want an umpire around you don't want to totally go electronic i don't know maybe you do maybe it takes this part out of it
0: we do but 100%, the electronics all do you want to go totally all electronic yeah, yeah and for get sure rid of, for sure
1: get rid of human error
0: Oh, yeah, and get rid of those discussions that are, we don't need that. We just want to see, you know, people, players just play. And then uh, hindrance, there's no way, come on. I mean, once that ball hits the net after the return of Priskova, it's it's done. That point is done. And yeah, I thought Coco did a great job just to regroup herself and because she knew the rule and she knew she was 100% right. And when you're a player and you know you've been robbed, that's tough to focus after that. Well, it's,
1: and, and it's even worse because the shot spot, the, the replay showed she was correct. And that's why it was so startling to watch her Mm. seriously. She was socially self-defending in front of this umpire where she has to look up to him and he refuses to even budge and keeps arguing with her. And the fact that she came out and she reset Mm. and was able to win the match obviously that showed you she took that internal rage of fire and anger and channeled yeah. it into winning. And that exactly. was the good thing, right? Cause it could have gone the other way, but I have one more thing Ugi, to say about this. What the heck was Carolina Pliskova thinking? Okay. If you are a woman on the tour with another woman, right? Okay. I know mm-hmm. it's different because on the men's side, it's just a different way of competing, right? The women mm-hmm. always kind of have that bitch factor. Yeah. That they always want to beat you. But come on, show some solidarity here. If you're seeing this argument go on, why are you just laughing about it and letting it go get out of hand?
0: Yeah, you're right. She started to talk to her camp and just laughing laughing it off and everything. I yeah,
1: like, I thought that was on. very odd because she, she's a veteran. And... Maybe I don't know if they like each other. Maybe they don't. But even if you don't like your opponent, if you're seeing this happening with an umpire, you got to insert yourself and like try to help your fellow compatriot and your Mm -hmm. fellow tennis player against something that isn't correct. I mean, she Mm could have really stood up and said, look, you didn't hinder me.
0: Yeah, I You're, missed
1: it in the net, right? I'm Be honorable. The point.
0: Let's keep on playing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you'd see guys do that. You'd see. I can see Alcaraz yeah. "Just do, just say, hey man, uh, maybe you missed something, uh, like talking to the referee. Uh, I just lost that point because it didn't hinder me. I just saved the ball in the net. and yeah, yeah. that's it. So I it's lost the point. point.
1: Move on. Yeah. That's what that's what Pliskova should have done. But you know what? It reminds me of. I'm gonna bring this back up. I know we've talked about this. Remember Serena at the French Open when Justine Henin put up her hand? Oh, yeah. And then Serena said she put up her hand and Henin lied about it. Mm. Okay, so you got to say, look, not everybody has great character. I'm not saying Plushkova lied about this. I'm just saying she didn't do anything. She just ignored the fact and let Coco get abused by this umpire for five to seven minutes.
0: Mm, you're right. Yeah, she, she, she definitely could and should have said something about it for sure
1: could and should have and at some point you gotta as a player you gotta respect the game but also respect your opponent it's hard to do because you're in a battle and it's like in the challengers i got called the n-word you think i liked that when the opponent called me that no they didn't respect me but i'm Um, saying if i'm in that kind of situation even if they okay maybe not if they called me the n-word but if something like that happened or somebody falls down on the court, you want to go help them because there's a player and an athlete, you understand hmm. that they're in trouble and they're having an issue. And obviously Coco wasn't injured, but she was, she was having a huge issue and it was becoming very chauvinistic. What this guy was doing. Hmm, and if exactly. you're a woman, I'm speaking cause I'm a woman, you're a man, but you saw it Oogie, and you have daughters. You yep. kind of feel that empathy. You got to have empathy for that situation and i uh, felt plishkova had none
0: totally right i mean 100 percent agreed and a, a lot of i hope journalists uh journalists uh tomorrow the day after they follow up on that they follow up on that and say okay where was the supervisor okay uh the referee totally wrong so You have to apologize or you have I hope I hope there's something going on afterwards because well they
1: all they all have look Brad Gilbert came out said the umpire should be fired he stayed pretty calm in the box Andy Roddick said Coco Goff was correct I think Chrissy Everett came out Renee Stubbs has come out all the players are coming out I don't know what the umpires are doing I have to call my umpire friend actually and and um, see if she'll uh, spill the beans if she hears what the word on the street is in the umpire's lair, like what's yeah. going on. But it was look for the WTA tour. First of all, I, I know we've discussed about combining the tours. Well, this isn't helpful for combining mm. the tours when no. you see something like this happen. It's
0: not gonna. It's, it's not gonna convince any ATP uh, people.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, Donna Kelso, the supervisor, never came out. Not one. Th-
0: that's what i want to see i want to see journalists nail that see what's what's going on well Come on, it's, guys
1: it's, look they're gonna wrap it up and fish it's gonna move on coca's already kind of um f- uh fan the f- she's kind of doused the fire a bit and mm. in her press conference kind of backed down a bit oh, yeah. and It's interesting because in the heat of the moment, you know, your character comes out and what you stand up for. And that was very Mm. important that she stood up for it. So I hope that she doesn't totally back down. But she has kind of just a little bit made everything a little calmer since after that. But her dad did come out on Instagram and say he was very proud of her as a young black woman. Mm. And it was eerie what he was looking at, seeing like a white guy talk down to her. So he kind of brought in the race with it the way i took it was i felt it was more chauvinistic Mm -hmm. than racial and it was the the optics of seeing a young black woman to an old white man but if you take that out it could have been just a young woman to a older man and the guy because i've had older men talk down to me and it's not polite and mm-hmm. they just do it because they, and especially sometimes I do have a young looking face. So sometimes they think I'm younger
0: right. and then they
1: really talk down to me. And I'm like, that's just rude.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. I think to me, the way I see it is just, uh, it's just a matter of, of, of power. It's just, yeah. it was an empire and it's a player and I'm sitting up here and you're playing down there and this is the way I'm calling it. That's mm-hmm. it for me. That's, yeah. that's Move it.
1: On. And, and a lot of times it's like, It's just wrong. Yeah, you think the player has power and the umpire thinks they have more power. And that's one of the reasons why Serena did get defaulted from the U.S. Open. Mm. It's the same power kind of play. Now, we all have to follow the rules, but a lot of times the umpires think they have all this power and they can just squash the player, and that's not fair. So, anyway, Oogie, that was was a big segment we talked about. I just couldn't wait to talk about it. It was just, again, I'm going to say the word startling.
0: Stuff, and, <laughs> and but at the end of the day, Coco won, and she handled it great. And she gave yeah. a great interview on the court after I watched she that, did. and I was like really happy that she she just said her piece. She talked about it. It's yep. settled. I'm moving on. Uh, I can't wait Mar in March to wear my robe, my dress at the the women's. Yeah. I've been elected for Women of the Year on. The, so all congrats to her. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so she's gonna have a cool dress. Go to Time Magazine's woman of the Year Awards. Accept she's been named one of them there's many i think taylor swift is one too she Ooh. posed with a cat around her neck um, so anyway that should be fun for her but hey another great moment for coco goff to look back on on how she handled it after it's not a great moment what happened but how mm-hmm. she reset and got tough and won that match that's one she's going to remember when she's in another finals of a grand slam and she yeah. needs to pull that same feeling of how she fought to win that match she's going to use that for another mm. grand slam win hopefully all right True. so where in the world is the tour ugi well we talked about dubai since we're still on dubai i gotta go with jasmine Paolini won dubai okay so Coco Gauff was in that tournament iga Swiatek was in that tournament wow Rabakina was in that tournament and kalinskaya had a mm-hmm. great run Beat three of the top 10 players to get to the finals. Wow. She was up 5-3 in the third set against Paolini. No way. Yeah, I watched the it. last set. Okay, so uh, Kalinskaya is coached by Patricia Tarambini, a former Argentinian player. Mm-hmm. Lovely lady. I liked her yeah. a lot. Um, she was on tour a bit when I came on, and then she retired. Mm-hmm. So she's done a really good work with Anna, and Anna just looked really strong, but then something interesting happened, a shift, Ugi, five 5'3". She got a little flat with her feet mm-hmm. and it kind of just looked like she got calm, but kind of like coasted a bit. And mm. Jasmine Paolini is small but mighty. She has fast feet. She has really good movement. She she loads her legs. Her legs are strong and she just dug in and did not give up. And there was a shift right at 5'3". Paulini won it 7-5 in the third set.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I, I like her, and I called her as a bit of a of a dark horse uh, for the Aussie Open. So I'm I'm glad and happy that you did. yeah. And
1: look, she won a tournament.
0: Yeah, I can see that because she she's like a bulldog. She just keeps on biting. Yeah, like, she keeps, all the way through the end of the match. Yeah, just boom, exactly. Boom, boom.
1: And she keeps fighting. And one that that fight, Ugi, I saw her when I was playing challengers with my shoulder. I saw her on the grass. And, and I was like, who is this girl? She's good, but she's small. Like, she's not – she's like five feet barely maybe, maybe yeah, five one. But yeah. she packs a punch. And so I I saw her hitting. Uh, I was on the practice court next to her, and I said, oh, she she is pretty good. But she had to go through the trenches, Oogie. She went mm. through all those challengers, and now she's winning a big WTA tournament. So congratulations. That was a great third set that I watched. And then we go into – Doha, the men yeah. are playing in Doha. Hatchinoff won Doha. Mm, Karen Hatchinoff, Ka- I, I yeah. like watching him. Big game, big Western forum, but he hits it high and heavy. He's yeah. a big hitter. That was a good win for him. Uh, Los Cabos. Okay. Did you hear about this win for Jordan Thompson? No. All right, Ugi. So he was down against Alex Mickelson. You know, I've talked about yeah. Alex Mickelson. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm from Cali. Yep, California kid, big, tall kid, 19 years old. I think he's still 19.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so
1: he, Jordan Thompson, Australian, 29 years old, good at doubles, pretty good at singles, right? He's mm-hmm. kind of had a breakthrough beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to look at the draw with Zverev in it and rude and say, and yeah. sit the pasta and be like, oh, Jordan Johnson's Thompson's going to win, right? <laughs>
0: no. Okay,
1: so he was down. 6 1-4, against Alex Mickelson in the quarterfinals. Jeez. The guy came back one in three sets. Wow. Then he beats Zverev in the semis. That's huge. He finishes super late because it's Los Cabos. So Los Cabos. So Mexico, they play at like 10 o'clock at night. You go on for the first match, right? That's so he of- plays into like 2A, 3AM in the morning. Comes back out at night. Uh has to play doubles. Meanwhile, he's still playing doubles with his partner. Comes back out, is in the finals of singles and doubles. He plays rude in the final, wins that match, then has to play doubles final, and wins that match. He had a double win in Los Cabos, Wow! and he's 29 years old. How, how cool is that?
0: That's pretty awesome right there.
1: Yep. So he had a great, great tournament. He's from Sydney. So i'm going to segue into a little bit of sydney we got taylor swift in sydney oogie Ooh, she is she has she just had her concert in sydney travis kelsey flew over for a couple days to hang out with her and then he flew back to las vegas to party with patrick mahomes at the win in las vegas with the emd e- edm star marshmallow that was like the big news right they were partying wow. and apparently lots of hot girls were around so like page six was like, ooh, Travis Kelsey left Sydney to go hang out in Vegas with hot girls. Anyway, come on, it's Taylor Swift. He's not gonna pick some random hot girl over Taylor Swift. We no. hope, right? No, no,
0: no, for sure not.
1: Okay, so we got that little my my little Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey news oogie. Yeah. Rio de Janeiro, we had Sebastian Baez defeated a qualifier, Navone, six two, six one. Cool. Fun fact that I picked out of my little a little newsy note, Andy Murray was tweeting and he said the unpopular opinion, it might be an unpopular opinion, but he thinks the South American swing should host its own master series to end, you know, they have a swing, right? Hmm. So they have and they end in Rio right now. But he thinks they should host a master series because he says the fans are unbelievable. And I have to agree with Andy Murray. So does Boris Becker. So did Christopher Clary, a tennis writer. A bunch of other people agreed with him. I didn't look at that. But I would totally agree. You watch some of the South America swing, and these fans love tennis just like they love their football, their soccer. They are so into it. And it was so cool to watch in Rio – Gustavo Kuerten came, who is the biggest Brazilian superstar there, right, for tennis, and they gave him like a three-minute standing ovation, Ugi.
0: Oh, Guga.
1: Yeah, he's so, awesome. Hey, everybody loves him. Look, if the if they could get enough money going, they mm. should have a Masters event there, and then everybody comes to the desert for Indian Wells. I think that'd be a great idea. If anybody can get it going, it's Andy Murray, Ugi.
0: It's true. Hey, it's it's true. I mean, I remember the um, the Argentinians did a huge tour for uh, Juan Martín del Potro uh, a bit mm-hmm. back. So stadiums were filled. Uh, you know, Federer was there. And it was just so big. So I totally agree with that. So let's make it happen. It'll yeah, be Die- awesome. The Diego, timing would be great.
1: Diego Schwartzman agreed as well. Yeah. And I have to say, I played, uh, I'd never played down there in the pros because they didn't have... They had yeah. one tournament down there, I think. But mm. I did play two junior ab- events down in South America. And, Oogie, the clubs are pristine that, that you play at. They have ball kids for you. And this was in juniors. They have yeah. places to eat lunch. It's like a whole club med experience. <laughs> and they really love their tennis. The members all play. It's it's a, it's a an untapped – South America is an untapped tennis
0: mm. whole
1: – mecca that really the wta and the atp should look in maybe they'll combine something but they should look into it i mean i i would hey forget how about a mass mat instead of a master's why don't they make it like uh like an indian wells down there and make another big tournament right
0: hmm. yeah could be just yeah one, yeah one masters 1000 would be awesome for yeah that'd both be good. Women so and men. Th-
1: this week, we've got San Diego, Acapulco going on, coming into this week. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Redondo, my friend, the tournament director at San Diego, mm. is very busy. I asked him to come on one time just so he could talk about running a tournament and what it takes. Ooh. So he's qualifying has, has started, and the main draw will start tomorrow. And That's it's awesome. down at the Barnes Center where I won all my CIF championships, Oogie.
0: That's it.
1: And a lot of junior tournaments. So I have I, I have a picture on my wall over in the corner of me, my grandma, and grandpa with a uh, winner's trophy at the Barnes Center. That's wow. how many times I played there. So great I'm well versed. Yes, great memories there. Okay, so we got to get into the ball is in Oogie's court.
0: Yeah, let's All do right, it. All right, so
1: the theme is, we talked about this last week, the art of the one-handed back-end Oogie. Yeah. So. Are you gonna go off that is it is it a weapon or weakness? And who is left with a one-handed backhand on both tours currently? Mm-hmm. And why is it important that the one-handed backhand not fade away from the tennis game?
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of great questions right there that you you've uh, you've put on paper. So um, let's attack it first, um talking about the strength and the weakness um mm-hmm. because it, it, like you said you know there's no one-hander top top 10 atp you said that last week totally well, right well,
1: yeah yeah now there yeah. isn't so there that's have it. been but yeah right now there is not
0: that's right and there's a big reason for that so on the you know on the their strength side i mean heavy spin clay court i mean we can totally see that because Mm-hmm. The ball, you know, sets up a little bit. You have time. You can can have a big whack at it, especially on the men's side. You can see Vavrinka won, you know, a lot on clay because of that Dominic big backhand. Thiem. Dominic team. Dominic Same thing right there. We we can still have Dimitrov, Muzetti, Evans, Lajevic, Dominic team. Just five guys right now that are still in top 100 that have this great one-handers. This is this is pass he pass as well. He
1: just fell out of the top 25, yeah. right?
0: that's right um but still he has still a great back end mm-hmm. and and let's face it all these guys are clay quarters except evans probably you know being british he's been a little bit more on, on grass yeah and they hard all grew courts. up
1: on clay and yeah. look hey dominic team won the u.s open so yeah he he parlayed his one hander into hard court tennis before he got injured
0: that's right that's right and Remember that that final against Vera. Vera was feeling very nervous because yeah, he should have won serve. that final. I oh, mean, just second that, serve. That second. I mean, that, those those last points of that U.S. Open. It was like under 16 level almost. Yeah, for guys, it was, it was not it was pretty. pretty. It was rough. nobody was hitting through the ball. It was just please miss. I'm stressed. Come on, just let's yeah. let's finish this. Um, but getting back to the one here. Um, so then that those are big points because you can hit heavy top spin but then like you said you know players of of they're hitting way too big right now so one hitters have come out a little bit more because you need more of a counterpuncher Murray Djokovic Alcaraz Nadal like you know that's that's what's winning right now movement and being more compact and being uh you know a counterpuncher
1: Do you feel it's because I have a theory about this okay the last 15 years they've slowed down the courts mm mm-hmm. Mhm the one one court that still hasn't been slowed down as much is Australian open courts. They're they're still quick.
0: Yeah. So
1: what? the the courts have more sand in them. The hard courts are slower. They mm-hmm. made a conscious effort on both tours to slow them down for television so that it yeah. wasn't just big serve, big winner, right? Especially on the men's side. Even mm-hmm. the grass is slower. Yeah. Now that means the rest of the world with their courts are following the trend, and whoever lays the courts, they they do the top pro courts, all the professional tournaments. That trickles down to clubs, and parks that get resurfaced. Mm-hmm everything even even like public parks now are resurfaced and it's still it's kind of slow you don't get those fast hard courts no. that i had growing up in southern california oh, at yeah. a public court you get like the blue color mm-hmm. court and it's like cold
0: with sand so in it but they want to have more that rides.
1: yeah i feel that also has something to do with it
0: mm-hmm. you're totally right i totally agree and if if you have slower courts then you have higher balls you know, if the court is slower, you get higher balls. And that's right there in the, the first reasons why there's less one-hander. Because back then, the courts were quicker and then yes. lower balls. Because lower when it's balls. quicker, it kind of skids on the surface. So mm-hmm. the, those lower balls with one-hander, you're kind of more agile way it. You can well, slice it. Slicing, you
1: can, you yeah. can rip it. But exactly. the high balls, raising up your hand as mm. a young junior player is very tough. Raising yeah. up your arm because you don't have arm strength. Uh, if you're a boy or a girl it's really hard so that's another thing then you got to pick the right kind of kid to develop it can they handle that one hander at nine ten and eleven years old on a slow court it's it's tough yeah right it
0: is it is and those the, the parents and the kids and even the coaches you know let's 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 be honest the coaches they want the kids to 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 be in their academy as long as they can right so you can you know you can coach them and have them as long as you can so are you gonna coach them okay you you should be having a one-hander backhand but you might lose for the next three to four years but then (laughs) that's okay stay with me at my academy point come on it's not a best
1: lose and you might get a lot of high balls yeah you're gonna be great which is basically what i was told at nine like go take the losses (laughs) yeah <laughs> you're gonna lose but don't worry you're gonna be have a great backhand when you're like 15 and at the time i believed it because my coach was pete sampras's coach right so yeah. he wasn't wrong and i was big and i could handle it mm-hmm. and it was about development not about wins and a lot of the times in junior tennis it's all about wins now and mm-hmm. who's going to win earliest and faster and
0: yeah but then,
1: I, I, it's really important. I, it's this is hard, Oogie, because it's really important that the one-hander doesn't go away.
0: I mean, I don't think it will. I don't think it will because there will be. I think be, there'll
1: be the occasional coach that'll teach it.
0: Hey, it's it's going to come like through a wave a little bit. I think you know. Um, well,
1: and then it helps if if the tournaments don't slow down all their courts. Maybe they'll start speeding them up in five years.
0: Yeah, you know, I think there's there's two reasons why the one-hander will still be there. First, because if everybody is ha- is having two-handers, for sure there's going to be people saying, okay, I'm going to be different. Let's like mix it up. Like Sweden had all great counterpuncher, Michael Perforce, Mats Vilander, and suddenly you had Stefan Edberg On just four. serving in volley with one-hander. Yeah, so,
1: that was the good one, Ugi.
0: You know, th- so that's it. You, you always will find a person who's like, okay, I'm going to be so different that I'm going to win because I'm going to be totally apart, and that's totally true um so and there's there's lots of lots of clay in in a lot of european countries it's still on clay that people are starting to play so yep. they're still gonna crack their one-hander i mean french people italian people they for sure they'll have one-hander i played somebody from france today one-hander of course uh hit hit the out of the ball just craziness um nice. so lots of talent so um it was a well, tough speaking match of- i love
1: I'd, you lost in three sets That's An eighth like and eighth in the tiebreaker is super die. I was like ah. oh no
0: yeah, well off.
1: speaking of French there's a former number one junior player I found on the women's I had to do a deep dive boogie because I was like oh my gosh I, I really am right like there's there's not many one handers left okay They're Tatiana right. Maria hmm. she played I played with her right she she mostly slices her one hand and it's not as pretty but it works it's it's mm-hmm. and she switched from two to one but you know who has a really nice one hander who i found on the WTA right now in the top 100 Diane Perry
0: Ooh, that's right. The French woman. We
1: played Andreva in Australia and I went, yeah. Oh, that's I like that. It's like almost like Amelie Moresmo. I wonder yeah. if Amelie Moresmo has assisted in her because we know Amelie Moresmo is the tournament director of the French Open and mm-hmm. she's been involved with the Federation. And it really does look like Amelie's one. It reminded me, I was like, That looks like Amelie's. Even she mm-hmm. kinda of even walks like her a bit. So we have a young female. Yeah. Who does have a one-hander? So you're right. It it takes the right kind of player to teach it to, and mm-hmm. the right kind of coach. And it yeah. it's not going to totally go extinct. It's just we got to get some more players that can handle the one-hander.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the variety. And I think the one-hander and the serving and volleyer, it's a little bit alike. So both of them, you know, it's a little bit dinosaur-esque, a little bit. So yes, they've
1: but- come- a lot more juniors, as you've seen and I've seen, I've, I've seen not as many as you, but they're coming into the net more. Yeah. Because from what's happening with the court and the courts being slow and so many rallies going on at the baseline, that's tiring and ex- exhausting. Mm. Yeah. And as you're seeing with Carlos Alcarez, he's now coming in the net. So. His generation is kind of starting to come into the net more than the last like Zverev and Tsitsipas, those guys that came up. So right. you might see maybe five more years, you're going to see some 13-year-olds with one-handers walking around slicing and coming into the net.
0: I would be surprised for sure because I can see that it would, it would come back to there for sure. I think, I think you're totally right. It's not a prediction. It's a, it's a fact. It's going to come right,
1: back. All right, it's a fact, so Five years. The art of, of the one years. hand backhand is not dead. Also, I found a, a new young guy that I watched in Los Cabos. Alexander Kovacevic. Kovacevic. Mm-hmm. American. Not an American name, but he must yeah. have been, come over when he was little or born here. Serbia He's or Croatia, for sure. He's 25 years old. He's an itch. So, yeah, yeah. Serbia or Croatia. But Alexander, that's russian maybe he's a mix right 25 years old coached by dean goldfine and brian garber so usta connection mm-hmm. he had a pretty nice one-hander i was watching him play so hey 25 year old one-hander there's a couple
0: yeah i mean plus it's so nice to hit just just whack it just boom it's awesome yeah plus like yours yeah. so he's Pretty cool and then you can you can slice come in chip in so a lot of because because when the ball is low with two handers you're kind of that's that's the weak point right there so when yep. it's higher two handers good oh it's uh, so
1: funny you said that because yeah, i had I mean, my little student is in the finals of her tournament um tomorrow and her dad was texting she's starting to slice and and she does it on the back end and the fore the slice we're working on her slice but i know at 3 all in the second set if you won the set 6-4 and you're getting low balls it's not the time to start trying to slice mm. so she goes her legs were getting tired so she like likes to stick her butt out and go straight leg and try to slice which is not the right way so you're right for two handers it's tough to get down low to that and get that dip through it
0: yeah i mean when 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 somebody has a very good slice you're into a match no matter what because if you keep that ball sliced very low, the opponent cannot really hit a flat out winner all the time. That's impossible, you know? Right. And if all you right, slice so- short, it's even better. So there you go. That's it. Because on women's tour uh, and you know I was giving you so some advice like if 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 a lot of baseliners hit flat on both sides normally they don't really slice well it's not natural so and your slice was great so we worked on it. just slice you know cross-court angle a little bit and you get you get these great two-handers out of their out of their own element so
1: yep and move them up all right so my producer found this funny quote which it's not a funny quote it's actually very relevant to our conversation right now i just thought it was funny that she happened to find this Okay, it was from the Charleston Post and Courier, April 2011, Oogie. Okay. Using slice and power with an old-school one-handed backhand, serving with sheer power and pinpoint accuracy, and hitting huge forehands, Stevenson overpowered her opponent. (laughs) That was the lead of the story when I played in Charleston on clay. That I was love the it. lead, using slice and power with an old school one-handed backhand. So that's it. That's exactly what we're talking about, Oogie.
0: Exactly. Oh, it's not going to go away. That's that's for sure. No, definitely uh, not. A lot of a lot of players still need you know hit hit slices, touch, come in. So. Yeah, you need the one hander on the racket there. You can't, and we, you can't and we do all the these things. need the variety
1: in tennis. Everybody can't look the same and everybody can't play like Djokovic, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And on the women's, I hope we get some more women with one handers. I was very disappointed there's only two.
0: Hmm, so, it's true, huh? There's, yeah, there's only two yeah,
1: right now in the top it's gonna, 100.
0: It's going to come back because it's always, you know, you've had Justine Honne, Amelie Mauresmo, uh, you've got Martin and Navratilova, of course, back then. But you've always had great. As Great women Navarro with had a one
1: hand. hand. Yeah, you always have had. Now we just no. need a top tenor on the women's side. Okay, yeah. so well, that was a lot of fun. Now we got some newsy notes, which is always Ooh. the highlight of the show, right? Let's Ugi, go, let's go. We, we talk about tennis a lot, but we got to get some newsy notes in. Okay, so Oogie, last night, the SAG Awards. What are the SAG Awards? They oh, are really. the Screen Actor Guild Awards. Hmm. So, Oogie, SAG-AFTRA is very important in hollywood and the rest of the world so i'll give you an example if you book a commercial or let's say your show tennis academy right Mm
0: -hmm. gets
1: bought by an american like netflix right well then you can apply for your sag card because now it's reality so after is broadcasting reality i'm Mm -hmm. not sure if reality is included in this they're trying to get in this but mostly, if you're booked in a commercial or a small movie role and you you speak, you get your SAG card, which is a big deal as an actor, right? I've wow. always wanted my SAG card. I haven't had the chance yet. So the SAG awards are all the actors voting for their fellow peers.
0: Oh, okay. It's within they, the industry.
1: Yes. And they kind of lead into the Academy Awards because mm. a lot of the actors are on the Academy Award boards. Gotcha. So I love watching this because at the beginning they have they pick different actors and Mm. they they open the show with an actor they opened it with michael Sarah telling his story as a 13 year old being treated as an adult by his fellow acting teachers and on set because he was shooting a movie and they treated him like he was an actor right no Mm. different which Mm. doesn't happen with everything Like in tennis, like if you're 13 and I'm coaching you, I'm not always going to treat you like an equal, like kind of. But if you're an actor, that's what they do, right? So he told the story walking in. And then they had Hannah Waddington, who was from Ted Lasso, telling her story on when she was Lady of the Lake on the West End in a play. And she had to change her clothes very quickly backstage. She had like 70 seconds and she had to carry the goblet up into and start singing the lady of the lake part in Monty Python and her, like something was stuck on her shoulder and she didn't know what it was. And, and then she went and she was fine and she did it like two performances and she felt something weird in her dress. Well, then she went to change the dress and it was a mouse. A mouse that got stuck in like the corset of her dress. No way. So the mouse that got stuck and it was alive. But then obviously the next day it probably died because it suffocated. So the mouse fell out of her dress and she was like, welcome to acting. And it was just so cool to see because I loved seeing listening to the stories and the behind the scenes. Mm. So they lead the whole award show. So anyway, Oppenheimer was a big winner. You got to see it. I watched it last week in the rain when I got rained out for three days. That's right. It's like three and a half hours, but it's very good, Oogie. Mm. So Robert Downey Jr. won for Best Supporting Actor. Killian Murphy won for playing Oppenheimer. And then Mm. the movie as an ensemble won. Mm. Uh, cool. Killers of the Flower Moon actress. She won Lily Gladstone, the first Native American woman to win an award. So she's probably going to win the Oscar. It's just really cool. Like the remember the show The Bear I told you about earlier? Yeah, yeah. The okay, The Bear won. The Bear won. See, so, yeah, I picked good ones, huh? So Jeremy White, who's Mr. Cutie Patootie in his Calvin Klein ads, and he is the Bear. He won, and Io, the girl that is um, his assistant in the kitchen, she won. So it was a big night for the bear. Mm. And then, of course, the fashion is always fun, Oogie. There was a reunion of Devil Wears Prada. Do you remember that movie?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. With uh, Meryl Streep
1: and Hathaway Hathaway, and Emily Blunt all appeared on stage to give an award. So that was super cool to see them together. For sure. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. And Netflix did it for the first time live on Netflix. Usually it's on... In America, it's on a a cable channel called TNT.
0: Mm -hmm. It's the
1: first time ever Netflix took it over. No commercials. No, they could say whatever they wanted. No time. It was really interesting, and they did a pretty good job.
0: Nice. So we got two more weeks until the
1: Academy Awards, Ugi. Those
0: events, more and more, huh? Yeah, more
1: and more. It's, It's leading up. And my favorites, I posted on Instagram, Emily Blunt and Louis Vuitton. She was in amazing red. You got to check it out. Wow. Anne Hathaway in blue Versace. And I, I love, I love Jen Aniston and she was in the silver Celine dress and she presented Barbara Streisand her icon award. So wow. Barbara Streisand got up and presented this. I that's mean, cool. she gave a speech for winning the icon award. So that was that's, cool.
0: That's pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah, so Can't wait can to see your post. I
1: love, can you tell I love movies, Oogie?
0: Yeah, I mean you love.
1: I've actually sat for 3 hours and watched the SAG awards.
0: That's it. Oh, that's you. Yeah. You love yeah, it.
1: Yeah, it was fun. I love it. It's like my thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we got um March Madness coming up soon. We're going to do brackets. Yeah. Selection is Sunday, March 17th and 19th so we have time. We right. got Indian Wells coming up. That's right. The NFL Party phase is in. All the players are partying. I talked about Travis Kelsey and Mahomes going to Vegas. It's like their party circuit, and then the draft's coming up in April. We got that to look forward to, but we're going to talk about San Diego next week mm. and then going into pre and New wells and what it takes to get through those 10 days. That's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, for sure. All right,
1: so I've got the quote of the podcast. Ugi, are you ready? What is it? Okay, well... Wow. I got to give it to Coco Goff, okay? Go <laughs> Coco. All right, you ready? Yeah. Call the supervisor. You can't de- deny me the supervisor. I'm going to ask her what the rule is. Coco Goff.
0: Yeah. that's. Okay. she said she right. said it over and over and over.
1: Over and over, right? I'm going to She wanted to know what the rule is. Yeah. And as a player, it's your right to know what the rule is.
0: Mhm. And and to call the supervisor if you want to, you have to Yeah. Come on and you can you can say i'm not playing another point until the supervisor supervisor gets here and she's in she's in the right
1: yeah so we all know what the footage showed right oogie we all saw it and the supervisor never came so hopefully next time the supervisor will come
0: (laughs) she'll be close by come on
1: yeah all right oogie this has been a lot of fun I'm glad you are here. I'm very proud of you for your first season starting last Wednesday. You've got 12 episodes coming out. Can't wait to watch. This has been Serving Aces with Alexander Stevenson, and we will see you next time.
0: Take care, mate. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.